Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. And if you're listening very closely, you can hear me standing up to see if whether or not somebody was getting towed on the street right outside our studio. Coming up in 40 minutes, James Herbert going to join a CBS Sports NBA writer. Tom, I got a question. Oh, wait a minute. We have Billy Jack with us today. Well, hello, Billy Jack. Hi, Ken. How are you today, buddy? I'm hanging in there, Ken. How, how about you? Oh, uh, you know, I'm hanging, hanging in there. Doing it the best I can. I had an eye surgery on Monday, I thought of you. Why is that? Because I just, I, when things were bad, I wanted to think of Billy Jack, and things were bad earlier on Monday. That's where that, They stuck needles in my eye. That doesn't make me I swear to God. Good, no, you're a good person. I wanted to think good thoughts about you. Oh, I see. I see. That's right. how this works. There you go. You think you know, you understand what I'm saying now? Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, so I'm like your as Tom as, as what? I know. I'm, I'm your what? I'm you're like my what? Your joy. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen uh, Inception? No, you're I... you're the top that I spin to make sure that I'm in reality. Okay, there you go. All right. You've I... never seen Inception, have you? No, I haven't. But it's okay. I'll get. I'll. Uh... You know, I, I was going to say I'll watch it, but I won't. No, you should watch it. I have, I already have Billy flustered. It's been three seconds into this show with Billy, how am I and Billy is flustered already. How, how am I Do we flustered? have Billy's welcome? Tom, did you find it? Do we have Billy's welcome? If we don't have it, that's okay. We should have had it because it is 12 o'clock Eastern time, and Billy is here. And, well, you understand how I feel towards Billy. He is my favorite. You do know that, right, Billy? Yeah, I, I kind of wasn't paying attention to you because I was trying to find the open. <laughs> <laughs> so if you run Wait that a bu- minute, you have to find your own open? You have to find your own open? Yeah, we got a lot of stuff in your folder here. <laughs> Who do you think runs the board on this show? <laughs> I don't know. I just felt Tom. I just thought Tom always did. I can't see you guys over there. So I just thought Tom did it. I didn't know that Billy had to do it. I didn't know. <laughs> Here, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just here, just t- take a step back. Stand by, America. We got to make sure we shoehorn this in for Billy Jack. This is the Ken Carmen Show. But what she did- told you she was leaving you. What did you say? But I said, F- you. <laughs> and I left. You said, no, you're fired. Whatever. I left her fired. Who gives That's exactly what I said. But I didn't even want to bring her up. But it's the first thing that came to my mind when you started making these comparisons. On CBS Sports Radio. How's that? How do you feel? I feel good. Like, do you think do you think somebody has found Billy Jack Haynes and told him that we compare him to you on a daily basis or on a weekly basis? I can't. I wouldn't bet on that. Yeah, there's no shot. He would have tried to make some kind of con- you? Yeah, he would have tried to make some kind of contact. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, he would have. And if you watch some of those YouTube videos, Billy, you better make sure you get away from Billy Jack Haynes when he comes looking for you. Okay. I, yeah, but I, I can't. if I were you. 
I'd stay out of Oregon, all right? Just going from the experience, I would probably stay far away from Portland, Oregon if I were you, Billy Jack. That's fine. That's not one of the places I want to visit anyway. Not that it's a nice Oh, why? You got something nice against? Place. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You got something against the Pacific Northwest? Not at all. 855-2124-CBS. That's amazing. Billy Jack just ripped you. Amazing. Seattle, Washington, I'm sure, is a fine area. Portland, Oregon. Have you never seen the show Portlandia? I've seen Portlandia. And how great is that show? It's wonderful. It's a funny show. It's a Portland's show. a wonderful area with wonderful people. See, you're twist- and I'll be damned if you besmirch their fine reputation on this show, Billy. But you're, you're twisting my words. I just said it's not one of the places I want to visit. It's of course just- I'm twisting your words. That's what I do here, Billy. I know that. I, know I still that. love you, son. I love you all of Portland. I love Portland. You, 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 don't, don't try to backtrack for it, okay? <laughs> don't try to say we got your words wrong, all right? Portland already knows how you feel about them, and they're not happy with you, and maybe I'll be able to calm them down by the end of the show. James Herbert joining us in 40 minutes. Tom, every time Baker Mayfield has to talk, every time Baker Mayfield talks, I have to respond to it, don't I? Is this true? Do I have to do this? Because I think I, I you're compelled to. I don't know that you have to, but I well, think you do, I, I just you feel, do because feel compelled to. Yes. I spent so much time, and maybe I got worked in the shoot by a listener, or a, by, by several, because, hey, two weeks ago, I ripped Ben Roethlisberger. I ripped Ben Roethlisberger a month ago. I ripped Ben Roethlisberger two months ago. I, I ripped the Steelers. And I, I, because of the whole Antonio Brown thing, I ripped him. And when people find out, well, Ken, you know where you're at, and Baker Mayfield doesn't necessarily always make the most positive headlines, you better be willing to speak up about that. I did last week. I felt foolish doing it because the entire city of Cleveland seems to be responding to a guy who's not even on the air in Cleveland and Colin Cowherd. But here I am talking about a guy on CBS Sports Radio who's on Fox Sports Radio. So who's the winner in that entire thing? Certainly isn't Baker Mayfield. It sure as hell isn't me. So who's the fool here? But every time he says something, it it turns into a question, especially with it. And I'll tell you what, it's weird. Out of the Pittsburgh listeners, out of our Boston listeners, like New England, Ken, you going to talk about Baker and his comments about Duke Johnson? Really? I have to mention every single time. Tom, is that a rule on the show? Every time Baker Mayfield speaks, I have to speak about it? Definitely not my rule. Because I will if I have to. I sound sound like the woman on SNL, don't make me sing. I'll just, I'll point this out right now. Because I, today's National Best Friends Day. It's amazing. We go from National Donut Day to National Best Friends Day. I like Billy Jack. Billy Jack is a great kid, and I love the guy, even though he's not even that young. But I love the guy. He's a good person. He's good at his job, and I know he can take a ribbon. That's why I enjoy the the company of Billy Jack here on this show. Billy Jack's a buddy of mine. Thank you, Ken. It goes the same on my show weekdays. I've had a relationship with with my with my producer for about eight years now, and he's one of the very very best, and I love him dearly, and he's one of my very good friends. Sometimes he doesn't think he is, but he's one of my very good friends. And when you believe that much in people, if it was a situation where I felt, and it has happened before with my buddy Kenny Kidd, where he was a little bit upset. You try to talk those people out of making bad decisions or what you think could be bad decisions and making a rash decision. If Billy Jack got really upset at me for some odd reason about Billy Jack Haynes, I would go, hey, Billy, you're good at what you do. Let's relax. Let's chill out for a second here. Let's try to have calmer heads prevail. You're good at this. Let's stick around and let's see it through, buddy. When Baker Mayfield talks about Duke Johnson, Baker Mayfield's coming from a place of, I don't care. You can stay or you can go. 
Because when I talk about a guy like Kenny Kidd during the weekdays, or a guy like Billy Jack, and certainly Tom, too, because Tom's sitting there, and I feel awkward not mentioning him. But if a, a guy like Billy Jack and a guy like Kenny, I believe those guys are really good at what they do, and they will eventually move on to bigger and better things. And I'll have to accept that. But for what they do, I don't want them to leave what I think is a good situation for them, what I think is a good situation right now, and hopefully a good situation for everybody else. I don't want them to do that. If Odell Beckham Jr. was upset and wanted a trade, I'd be pretty convinced that Baker Mayfield would probably go to him privately. The same thing with Miles Garrett, the same thing with Denzel Ward, the same thing with a couple of other players on the Cleveland Browns. But Duke Johnson saying in a press conference that he still once traded after a mandatory minicamp, we're still, he's not giving them anything that they don't already want and anything that they required him to do because he doesn't want to pay a fine. Well, if you're not willing to pay the fine, I guess you're not that necessarily willing to be traded. But when Baker Mayfield step, talks about him, people think he stepped in it, including Uncle Luther and all those other people who are upset because he's a Miami alum, Duke Johnson is. I think what Baker Mayfield is telling us that, yeah, Duke Johnson could probably be okay, but... He's not going to be a guy that I'm going to really get worked up about in terms of keeping or making sure that he's still here. Because we all have that. We all have people we work with who are really, really good at what they do, who every now and then get a little bit upset. You might be one of those people. And somebody might have talked you out of wanting to quit, trying to get fired, going in there demanding something or getting fired on purpose because you told the boss to you know what. Somebody's talked you down from the ledge because they believe in you. But there have been plenty of people, and we don't want to admit this, certainly not in the NFL, not in team sports. There are plenty of people at that level who, nah, it's whatever. We've all worked with people. Nah, it's no big loss. Gary at accounting's gone. He took half a donut. He sucks anyway. Get him out of here. Don't care. But if there's somebody there who you really liked, who was really good and you worked with, you try to hold on to them. I would try to hold on to Billy Jack. I try to hold on to Kenny Kidd. I know that eventually they'll go on to bigger and better things. But... As long as I can have them work with us, I know that they make me better. I know that they make the, the, the experience more enjoyable. I know they make this a lot more fun for me and hopefully everybody listening. And I think it's the same thing in the NFL. There are certain people, especially for a guy like Baker, who has to be the leader of that football team. Because remember, they sucked for 25 years. They're not looking for a quarterback. They need a leader, basically a messiah in football terms. He's got to find guys he can trust. He's got to find guys that are important. And I don't think he's going to let his time go with the third team running back. 855-2124-CBS. But it did make me come up with a list, and I have to do this quickly, of the teams that have the the five teams that have the most pressure in 2019. Whether you believe so or not, the media is going to make sure the Browns are in this mix. Number five, because they signed Carson Wentz to a long-term deal, there will be questions about him. There will be questions about their recent departure that they've had in the front office, whether or not Carson Wentz is actually worth it, considering that he's had two injuries, big injuries, in the last two years that Nick Foles has gone on to other pastures. Can't say they're greener, but other pastures in, in Jacksonville. There will be heavy pressure on the Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz to finish the season and to make the postseason. You don't want that window to close right now. So I would put the Philadelphia Eagles as the team that has the fifth most pressure on them in 2019. Number four, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, for all the reasons that I've laid out, and you can hear those reasons on CBSSportsRadio.com, but in a quick synopsis, 
is I can't sit there and make excuses for a quarterback that lost a game at home in the coldest weather in Heinz Field history against a team that's based out of Jacksonville, Jack, Jacksonville, Florida, and was given one of those storylines as that being a reason you should have won that game. I can't give you quarter when you called out Antonio Brown during the season, then double down on that, and then you're completely baffled that Antonio Brown would be upset with you. I can't give you a reason for motivation when you use running that guy off as motivation, when you can't deny the consistency, the yardage, the greatness that Antonio Brown does have. If he makes the playoffs, he shuts a lot of people up. The Pittsburgh Steelers do the same thing. There's a ton of pressure on Mike Tomlin to perform. The fan base is very upset. Kevin Colbert, some of the misses that they've had in the early drafts on the, on the defensive side of things. Bud Dupree, Artie Burns has been on a milk carton. I'd still say they have the fourth most pressure on them in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns, will the bark be as good as the bite? Or will the bite be as good as the bark? I think some of this is media-driven. I think a lot of this is media-driven. When you trade for Odell Beckham Jr., people still have the greatest of expectations. This is an organization that hasn't won a division championship in 30 years. Based on every single time Baker Mayfield says anything, whether or not he talks or cuts a fart, I'm told I need to talk about him, and other radio show hosts obviously find it to do their entire show on Baker Mayfield during the month of June. I would have to say that the third most team that has the most pressure on them are the Cleveland Browns. They're not expected to be like the other two teams that are above them. They're expected to make the playoffs. If they don't, they went from a happy-go-lucky team that a lot of people think are fun, that a lot of people wanted to win, to a team that is now finding some weird enemies in the media. And a lot of people who want to see them fail just because they traded for Odell Beckham Jr. and because, for whatever reason, that insults their fun. No longer are the Browns a good story. It's expected that they must, must, must make the postseason in 2019. If they don't, it will be seen as a disaster. The team with the second most pressure on them, the Kansas City Chiefs, I have no idea what's going to go on with Tyreek Hill. They seem to have stopped this investigation. I don't know what the NFL can do with it, but I'm still going to have to put things on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes. 50 touchdowns last year, an MVP performance last year. When you take away some of the weapons, that's when you start to see franchise player talent. We saw it with Russell Wilson. Hopefully we'll see it with Patrick Mahomes. They got to an AFC Championship game last year, and you get the benefit of the doubt. People thought because you didn't get the ball on offense, that's part of the reason that you weren't able to get over on that. Hopefully it continues that way. Hopefully you get back to it. You have the second most pressure. The team with the most pressure in 2019, and I I still think part of this is jealousy. I think a lot of fans see their coach, and wish that their coach was like this guy. And I think a lot of fans, because of that, want to see this guy fail. Last year, when I watched the Los Angeles Rams of the postseason, you checked Twitter, you checked Facebook, you checked any social media, you checked sports radio, you checked sports talk television. The same sentence always seemed to be brought up. Sean McVay's never won in the postseason. Sean McVay's only been in the postseason one time. It's not Brad Stevens. The Rams getting to the postseason last year, the questions that are going to be put to Jared Goff for what the Patriots are going to do, you know this is a copycat league. Can Jared Goff be able to be the franchise quarterback in his own right, or does he consistently need his hand held by Sean McVay? Because things are about to change defensively against the L.A. Rams this coming season. The Patriots, you're a six-time champion. 
I don't put you in that mix. The Colts, Andrew Luck's great. He doesn't talk that much. I don't put you in that mix. I know that Russell Wilson's just signed a big deal. I don't put Seattle in that mix. Those five teams from five to one, Eagles, Steelers, Browns, Chiefs, Rams, have the most pressure in 2019. We'll get your thoughts when we come back. Also, five burning questions. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. As usual, we have to push back five burning questions. We have James Herbert joining us at 1240 p.m. Eastern. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes. It can save you. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. You should see what these people can do. They're incredible. I mean, they are simply amazing people. Also, today, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific, CBS Sports Network, it hits the pitch for the semifinals of Major League Rugby. The top four teams battle it out in the playoffs for a fight, for a chance to be the 2019 NLR champion, only on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. I get to the phones. 855-2124-CBS. I've thrown that number out enough. You got it already. You're going to use it already. However, uh, and I got a couple of people getting in about the pressure. My top five pressure teams in 2019. We'll get back to the finals and all that stuff. The Eagles at number five. Carson Wentz's contract. Nick Foles being gone. It's been a year since you won a Super Bowl. The Steelers at number four for all the reasons I've made mention many, many times over. The Browns. Baker Mayfield could come out every single time and say that I love our team, I love our guys, and try to answer every question with that. People would make a story about it. No matter what, when you're that level of a star, when you have OBJ, you're going to be a story, no matter what. And I think the Cleveland Browns over the last six months have gone from fun, happy-go-lucky to a team that people already want to see lose. And if they get to this point now, they haven't made the postseason in 16 years. They haven't won a division championship since 1989. If they don't make the if they don't make the playoffs this year, people will talk disaster. They're the number three most pressured team in 2019. Chiefs number two. Don't know what's going on with Tyreek Hill. I don't know if I can play Tyreek Hill if I'm the NFL. I don't know if I can let him play because of what's going on here. This investigation is murky at best. Andy Reid, the questions of the postseason are brought again. You had a nice mulligan given to you at the end of the at the end of the AFC Championship game, where people were upset just because you didn't get the ball. That's a nice mulligan. You aren't going to get a second one. So now you go back to the AFC Championship game. You have an MVP. You got to follow up that season. There's a ton of pressure on you. I think the Rams are the most pressurized team. I think a lot of people look at the LA Rams. They see Sean McVay. I think they get jealous. Young coach. Seems to be a savant. Different type of a system. Really does a good job of scheming guys open for Jared Goff. Does a good job of working with Jared Goff. However, I think that could be part of the downfall if they were to take a backslide in 2019. Can Jared Goff be the type of quarterback that doesn't need his hand held to the last 15 seconds every time? Other franchise quarterbacks can. Can Jared Goff be that guy? Because this is going to be a pivotal year for the Rams. This is a pivotal year for them. I think they're the most pressurized team. There's a couple people. Well, Ken, what about the Colts? I don't put the Colts in there. Andrew Luck doesn't talk that much. I think they're a real true dark horse. I think that they're a good team and could possibly get to a Super Bowl this year. I think they're the third best team in my power rankings. I think the Colts are right there. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if there's a ton of pressure on them. People are loving Chris Ballard right now. Andrew Luck doesn't say much. Anything he does say, people nod in agreement, and they're perfectly fine with it. 
Their head coach seems to be a good guy who's a smart guy that people like. They did they way overperformed for a lot of people last year in what they did. It looks like they'll be back to that level. They didn't go crazy in the offseason with any sort of crazy trades. They had a couple of signings here and there, but what they really tried to do was base their team to be young, to be ready to sign those guys later. And because they have a player as, as talented as Andrew Luck as their quarterback, they'll be fine with it. The, the Patriots are an interesting one. Because for the Patriots, there has always been something created. It's always been a dastardly type of thing, Spygate, Deflategate, whatever it is. There's always been something created that gives them an edge. Tom Brady's suspension gave them an edge. Bill Belichick gave them an edge. You've won six championships, and I'm watching some of the stuff that's online about when they get their sixth Super Bowl ring, the biggest one. It's basically the size of their hand. It looks like one of those old Rick James rings that he used to used to wear that used to just have the entire fist. Like that's how big their sixth championship ring is. And I'm looking for the edge because we've questioned the Patriots so many times and they keep winning. Tom Brady's too old, wins another Super Bowl. Rob Gronkowski's banged up, wins another Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, when's he going to retire? Wins another Super Bowl. Deflate Gate, wins another Super Bowl. Maybe the NFL suspends. Bob Kraft, I don't know. I, I, what else, what other things can you create to give yourself an edge? Because it's difficult. What makes the Patriots so incredible is that when you have a team that wins multiple championships, it's hard to put the confetti back in the cannon. I think that's part of what affects Golden State a little bit. Winning a championship, that's hard enough. Winning consecutive championships, I think that's almost impossible. Because you can't duplicate the feeling. You can't duplicate the hunger. There have been plenty of things that have been able to give the New England Patriots an edge. This, I don't know if there's an edge. I think a lot of fans have just accepted. The Patriots are one of the all-time greatest dynasties in the history of sports, no matter what we want to say, no matter how many times we try to count them out. They're not out. They create their own foes, but basically that's a little flimsy anymore, and we just expect them to be there because they play in a division that isn't that good, and they're also one of the best teams in NFL history. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. They beat anybody else because of the aura of Tom Brady when they go into Gillette. They're just that good of a football team, and they've been that good of a football team for 20 years. However, when you get to this level, Brady's at 40, You've won six championships. I got nothing else to give you. You've always had something to go against. I don't know what you have. I don't put any pressure on the New England Patriots. The Patriots, for what they've done, they have less pressure on them in the NFL than a high school team right now. There's plenty of teams I can give you a good, strong argument on. Two teams in the AFC North. I can't really give you much on the Patriots. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Up next, we get back into the NBA Finals. James Herbert, Toronto, born and raised. Let's see how he's feeling about it. CBS Sports NBA writer. We'll talk to him about the Finals. Also, 1.20 p.m. Eastern, five burning questions. We'll talk baseball with Brad Lidge at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. Uh, in the 1 o'clock hour, we have James Herbert and we have Brad Lidge coming up next. We have five burning questions. Uh, we might have to tackle some uh, some breaking news here. Real quick, Tom, that ain't that ain't Dak Prescott, is it? Not it sure. doesn't look like Dak Prescott. Probably not. I mean, he's have, whoever this guy is, he's having a real good time. Everybody on that boat's having a good time. Gumby's on this boat from this photo, from what I'm seeing here. I mean, this is good stuff. There is something going around the internet where uh, I don't think that's Dak Prescott. 
And it is uh it's Vikings Love Boat esque. We'll leave it there. 855-2124-CBS. Let's get down to business. The NBA Finals is a 3-1 Toronto lead. People are freaking out, and so am I to talk about it. We welcome in Toronto's favorite son, James Herbert, joins us, CBS Sports NBA writer. How you doing, James? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Can I say this? Well, I'm just going to say it publicly, and maybe you'll hang up on me. (laughs) You used to be a Raptors season ticket holder? Yes, uh, when I was a kid, like my, my parents had season tickets, and I, I, I grew up a Raptors fan. All right, let's let's be serious here. Let's let's be honest with each other here for a second here, James. <laughs> I know you're supposed to be like, oh, I call it down the line now, and I'm just rooting for a good series, like every big J journalist does. Mm-hmm. There's not any part of you, any part of you in there, that would be really, really excited if the Toronto Raptors won on Monday. I mean, I, I'm excited for the city. Like I, when when I first got like when when the Raptors first arrived in Toronto, I mean, I was like nine, ten years old, and I was going to all the games, and like it wasn't a cool thing to do. Like a lot of my friends were not into basketball. It was not at all a basketball city. It took a long time for this thing to grow, and to to be there uh, for some of these playoff games in the conference finals and the finals and see uh, the enormous lines, not even to get into the arena, but just to watch it outside uh, and to see how just crazy the city is going and now after these games in Oakland to see these uh, Raptors fans staying and kind of taking over the arena and singing Oh Canada and chanting let's go Raptors and uh, just just how crazy uh, that the city is and the fan base is right now like that to me is exciting like I'm not just, I'm sitting here rooting for the Raptors uh, but it is remarkable uh, just from my perspective to see uh, how far this organization has come and honestly just how far the sport has come uh, in the city of Toronto. It, it's nothing uh, like it was, you know, e- even honestly, like in the Vince Carter era, when I, I think the city first started to fall in love with, with the game, but th- th- this is a whole complete other level. Man, thank God I'm not a journalist. James Herbert joining us on the show. <laughs> I'd be losing my mind with the Cavs. I was on air when the Cavs won in 2016 here. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll never forget Michael Williams basically took over the interview. We were talking golf and he took over the interview knowing who I was, knowing who I was because Hey, I'm not a journalist. I'm a guy on the radio, and thank God there is that distinction there. James Herbert joining us on the show. <laughs> One more question about everything else, then we'll get down to basketball. How sure. is it? I've I've met the man. I'm quite taken by him. He's a wonderful. He was very wonderful to us. How is it that most people they usually end up hating super fans? Nav Batia is a very well liked person from what it seems to be up there in Toronto. Like he is the super fan that seems to have. Basically, almost 100% approval from the fan base. Is that true, or am I being a little bit too crazy about it? Uh, I think that's mostly true. Uh, I think, you know, I've, I've heard there, there's a couple of stories that have been written about his, like, political leanings, which I think have surprised and, and annoyed some portion of the fan base, but I think that is a minority portion of the fan base. I think, by and large, uh, this is a guy who has been at, like, literally every uh, home game and a whole ton of their road games since day one of the franchise. He has celebrated. Uh, there's a great New York Times profile written about him by a buddy of mine, Scott Catiola, a few years ago uh, that, that left some sort of iconic quotes uh, that some of the fans uh, like to reference from time to time. I mean, you, you cannot question his dedication at all, and he's at everything. I remember seeing him at All-Star Weekend this year running around, like sort of acting like he was a member of the media. Like, th- this is a guy that can – Go wherever he wants, do whatever he wants, and I think he has earned that through like years and years and years of uh, sort of undying support and loyalty to the, to the team. 
James Herbert joining us on the show. So what has Nick Nurse done that's been different from Dwayne Casey? This is amazing. 3-1 this series. They have, they have Golden State on the ropes. What have you seen different? I think he came in from day one with a mindset of focusing on April, May, and June. He, he was not overreacting uh, to anything that happened during the regular season. He uh, did not have them play just one way on either end of the court. He wanted this team to be flexible and adaptable, uh, and he wanted this team to be able to respond to adversity and respond to pressure situations. And uh, I, I think he's referenced a lot, like his time in the G League and his time coaching overseas and how chaotic it was over there and how that is made him sort of have this approach where sometimes it seems like he's flying by the seat of his pants, uh, but really is just kind of uh, seeing how things develop and staying ready and staying lean and staying flexible. And I I think you've seen him uh, just throughout the playoffs. It's not just, yeah, oh, cool, this guy busted out a box and won. Like, while while that is interesting and got a lot of attention, uh, I think look at the adjustments he made throughout the playoffs. I mean, uh, this is a guy that a lot of people thought, oh, he's just going to be like your typical sort of like, analytics darling, small ball guy, like he split up uh, Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas at the beginning of the season, and then you see him uh, in the second round playing this lineup where Pascal Siakam is a small forward, and you have Ibaka and Marcus Gasol on the court at the same time. He will, he will try anything. He, he will do anything. The, the defense uh, that they played against the Milwaukee Bucks was some of the most impressive stuff uh, I've seen any, any team do uh, on this stage, and then to see them go out and have the Warriors looking as, as flustered as they are, is incredible, too. And keep in mind, this was supposed to be an offensive coach. So I think he's done it at both ends. Uh, he's had um, kind of all, all the answers he's needed so far. The job is not done. Uh, they, they have to go and finish this out. But I think uh, the approach that he had from the beginning of the season, thinking it doesn't really matter how many games we win in the regular season. This is all about being adaptable in the playoffs and giving guys the confidence to make plays uh, when they need to. Like you're, you're seeing all of that come to fruition uh, in the best possible way from the Raptors' perspective right now. What do you say to the injury excuse with Golden State, with Clay Thompson and 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 Iguodala, who's banged up, and we can go down the list, and obviously including Kevin Durant? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I, I see it as an excuse necessarily. I I'm not sure that the Warriors are, are using that as an excuse. I see it as reality. I mean, Clay Thompson had an incredible game last night, but defensively what wasn't quite the same. DeMarcus Cousins probably shouldn't be playing. I mean, I, I don't know how he did what he did in Game 2, uh, but like that certainly looks like an anomaly right now. Kevon Looney is out there uh, being their best center that they have, even though he's playing through uh, a pretty serious injury, and, and Durant would obviously change everything. I mean, it's uh, every team has to deal with it at some point, but all I've heard from the Warriors throughout this is nobody's going to feel sorry for us. We have benefited from opponents being injured in past playoff series and past championship runs. Uh, so now, now they're just having to deal with it. I think they've had a chance uh, in, in a lot of these games. They had a chance uh, last night, but they just couldn't get get it going. And I think you really have to credit the Raptors for playing phenomenally on both ends of the court right now. It's not just about the injuries, but I mean, to, to discount them and to say that this is the same thing as the Raptors beating uh, a fully healthy Warriors. Right? Like, like, that's not very smart, but I, but I think if you go back and you look at uh, any championship run, almost, like there, there there's luck, injury luck, that sort of comes into it for, for every team. So it, it doesn't cheapen it any, in my opinion. James Herbert joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter, out, at Outside the NBA. Uh, covers the NBA for CBS Sports, our NBA writer. Again, Outside the NBA on Twitter. How impressive was Serge Ibaka last night, considering it was on the road, and yeah. you don't see guys who are bench players perform well on the road in, in those moments. 
I mean, he's not a typical bench player. Like, this was, uh, I mean, he was a starter at the beginning of the season for most of it. He started some games even after they got Marc Gasol, but it just became clear pretty quickly that because of what Gasol uh, does as, as a facilitator, as a passer, as a communicator on defense, like, they were at their best when Gasol was in the starting lineup. But, I mean, Ibaka would start for most teams, and he did start for this team for, for a lot of the season. And I think he, he came in. And he gave it to them on both ends. He gave it to them in terms of rebounding, in terms of defense. His shot making, I think, was incredible and will get the most attention. And they really needed that because in the first half, this Raptors team was really struggling to get any offense from anybody outside of uh, Kawhi Leonard. But he came in there. He made a difference. And, and we've seen this. Like we, we, We've seen this uh, in, in Game 7 against Philadelphia. He was really good. He had some really huge games uh, against the Bucks. Like This is a guy that... like. I think sometimes Raptors fans have been annoyed with when he's like fighting on pump fakes or he's making mistakes when he's taking a bunch of mid-range jumpers and they're not going in. Uh, but but I think they, they would not be here without him. And it's an incredible luxury uh, for the Raptors to be able to have the big man rotation that they do. And it's been cool to see him kind of embrace that role because he has seen himself as, as a starter for his entire career. Uh, he has thought that that's what he deserved. And it, I think it took, to go back to Nick Nurse, it took some guts uh, to go and be honest with him and, and make this all work and tell him, like, if you buy in, if you play hard in this role, then you'll get all the credit and attention you deserve. And guess what? Like, he is getting that now on the biggest stage in basketball. You know, I, I got a counterpoint earlier today from a caller, and I want to run this by you. Pascal Siakam has 19. Kawhi Leonard has an incredible game scoring. You brought, you brought up Serge Ibaka. Kyle Lowry doesn't have the scoring. The shooting hasn't been there, really. The postseason has been a bear for him, and it has been historically. But there's seven assists. Should we just accept what what Kyle Lowry is, or should we be asking more of Kyle Lowry? Uh, I mean, I'd push back on the postseason being a bear. He's been incredible this postseason. He was absolutely unbelievable in their conference final series against the Bucs. It's really just a couple of games. It's like the, the first game against Orlando, game three against Philadelphia, he was not that good. But, I mean, he's a huge reason why the Raptors are here, and uh, I thought he was amazing last night. I, I, I tweeted something like that this was the best 3-for-12 game in NBA history. Like, he was picking <laughs> apart the Warriors' defense. And it was simple stuff, like running high pick-and-rolls, uh, whether it was Ibaka, whether it was Siakam, whether it was Gasol setting the screen, like, whatever. Like, he was just creating open shot after open shot after open shot, uh, whether it was open threes, whether it was layups for guys, like, he has really embraced uh, this season, stepping into a smaller offensive role than ever before. I think he is a big part of the reason why Pascal Siakam is going to win uh, Most Improved Player this year. He's a big part of the reason why Marc Gasol was able uh, to get adjusted to this new situation super quickly. And then at times in the playoffs, when he has felt like they, they needed him to do that, he's stepped up and had big big scoring games and been sort of more similar to the Kyle Lowry of old. I think that's what they needed uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, for example. But I, I thought last night he was brilliant, and he's a guy that uh, he does all those little things. Everybody knows about the charges. Everybody knows about the sort of sneaky, crafty things that Lowry does. He's still capable of doing that old stuff, too, that, that he used to do when he was averaging 20. Uh, but on this team, they, they don't need that every night. And I thought last night he gave them exactly what they needed. Are you willing to say the finals are over? No. Um, not, not, not with this Warriors team and not when we don't know whether or not Kevin Durant is coming back. It, it certainly looks like at this point the Warriors don't have – any answers in their current form against Toronto uh, playing the way it did last night. I mean, the Raptors have been a little bit of an inconsistent offensive team throughout these playoffs, and the Warriors have been extremely resilient and come back when people have counted them out uh, in, in these very playoffs, like in that Houston series. So 
Uh, I think there's a reason why the Raptors themselves weren't celebrating going nuts last night, even though their fans absolutely were. Uh, they, they know that the Warriors aren't going to beat themselves. They're going to actually have to go and play super well again to get this done. The Raptors obviously should be the favorites. They're, they're up 3-1, let's be real here. Uh, but I, I, I'm interested in seeing how the next game goes, and I'll be there, and I'm pretty excited about it. One minute. Will we ever see Kevin Durant in a Warriors uniform again? Oof, uh, I mean, it, it certainly seems like the it's sort of leaning no. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's going on there. I'm just kind of going off uh, the reports from last night, specifically Brian Windhurst on TV, on ESPN, saying uh, that Durant is just not ready. And, and if he doesn't go, then I, I assume the series will like more than likely uh, be over pretty soon. And then he'll more than likely leave. But I mean, it, it is it is not a done deal yet. And I personally uh, I, I would just like to see him get back out there if he is physically capable of doing so because I think that would make this matchup all of a sudden extremely interesting. James, we thank you very much for the time. All the best to you and yours. We'll talk to you again soon, friend. You too. Thanks so much. James Herbert, CBS Sports NBA writer. Find him on Twitter at Outside the NBA. Thank God I'm not a writer. Thank God I'm not a journalist. I, I got to bring this up again later. Like, th- it is part of the fun, isn't it? Shouldn't it be part of the fun? Like I'll take something from Bill Simmons. Like that is that is part of what makes Bill Simmons. At least I know that some people are annoyed by that makes him somewhat a little bit fun, right? Like you know he's a, an abashed Boston fan, and when you ever get the rare chance to stick it to one of those teams, it makes it a little bit better that you can stick it to him, right? Like that's got to be part of the fun. Like I know James Herbert's supposed to call it down the line. He's a journalist. There's not any fun in there, and that what sports are supposed to be about. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I got to bring that up again before the end of the show. Also, up next, baseball talk with Brad Lidge. I want to expand the playoffs. You want to put Nets foul pole to foul pole? Rob Manfred says not so fast, my friend. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.